Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast, where it's all about real food and holistic living in the real world. With your host, nutritional therapist, Amy Love. And please note our disclaimer, all information and content in this podcast is for general information only and not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Thanks so much for joining us on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast. Today, we're visiting with Robin from thankyourbody.com. Robin, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. I'm really excited that you're here, and you're joining us all the way from New Zealand. That's right. Awesome. So tell me about New Zealand. I mean, what's going on? How long have you been there now? Uh, New Zealand is beautiful, first of all, but I think everyone knows that, right? <laughs> Your pictures have been insane. Yeah, it's every turn is the new, every, it's very different too. There's just so much to take in. It's it's gorgeous. Um, we've been here for almost four months, just a little under four months. We got here July 1st and it's been a whirlwind of events to say the least. And we're finally feeling semi-settled. So we're at that sweet spot where we have a little bit of a routine and we know where things are. We have furniture again. So we're, and we're just heading into spring and summer here in New Zealand. So it's gorgeous and yeah, it's yummy. Wow. That's so cool. And has it been like a lot to get used to, especially with the time difference and the season difference? And cause you know, we're all talking pumpkin spice. It is. It's really strange when we got here. So I'm originally from Utah and we left um, the end of June and it was a hot, dry summer day and we were flying into New Zealand's winter, which compared to like Utah's winter is pretty mild, mm-hmm. except for the homes, like there's no central heating. Most of the, like most homes don't have even double pane glasses. So you're usually colder okay. inside than you are outside. So while you think outside, you're like, oh, this is awesome for winter. I love this. <laughs> the nighttime comes and you're going to bed with like a hat and a coat and all the wool you own. And <laughs> so, and then everyone on Instagram was talking about camping and s'mores and I'm sitting there freezing. But yeah, it's a little odd. Everyone's talking about pumpkins and cooler weather and I'm just, you know, getting on my bathing suit and going to the beach. So it's a that's little odd. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, I could see where that's like major culture shock. And it was like a super hot year. We were over on the West Coast, too, and in through California and Utah. It was super hot this year, very dry. Yeah, very dry. Yeah. So huge change. Yeah. But so that's far, I, I love the weather. It's It's nice. Was that kind of one of the, like, did that play into choosing New Zealand? It definitely did. We, I mean, there was a lot of things. And I, the weather is kind of the bonus. I don't think I would ever move just for the weather. But mm-hmm. um, especially, I have two young children. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old who love to be outside. And I love the mm-hmm. idea of being outside. But in Utah, it's like you get these little tiny moments of spring and a little tiny moment of fall. And then it's either really hot or really cold. Uh-huh. I don't like either. So right. I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> let's go outside. And after about 30 seconds, I'm just like, let's go back inside. So being here with the nice weather, we spent so much time outdoors, which has been great for the kids and great for us. We're moving more. We're, you know, walking a lot more and just enjoying nature. So the weather, while I didn't think was going to be like a main thing, it's it's lent itself to a nice lifestyle that I really enjoy. I think that's really important, you know, definitely getting outdoors. I mean, I know that you're a movement therapist, right? That's right, yep. 
Yeah. So I know that's so important to you to like keep the body moving and like so great that you can do that with your kids, but it just has such an effect on our overall health. Like it's not just the typical like move your body, burn the calories kind of way. It's like for our mindset and our stress level, it's such a difference. Well, I think that stress was probably for me personally. I think our kids were at the top of our list of why we wanted to move to New Zealand, but for my own personal reasons, my stress level was just kind of getting overwhelming. And mm-hmm. and it was all self-inflicted. You know, I'm self-employed. I could have easily taken a break and backed down, and I just have a tendency to kind of go full speed. And so being here and surrounding myself with people who really excel at that work-life balance was really important for me. And like you said, being outside has just reduced my stress. I'm just I'm a lot more calm and zen and happy, laid back. It's It's been really great for my own kind of well-being in that sense. That's awesome. You've been able to be zen in New Zealand. That's (laughs) That's the theme of the year. That sounds right. Who wouldn't love that? Um, So are are you finding, I know that you said the culture there is just amazing. People have been so friendly everywhere you've gone. Yeah, like our first day here. So we arrived um, early in the morning and like we were walking through the airport, which was pretty empty at the time. We didn't know which line to go in, and every step of the way, we never actually asked for help. Everyone always came to us, and they just could tell by the look on our face, like, do you need help? What can I take you? (laughs) I mean, it happened repeatedly. Even we were at one point trying to take a ferry to Auckland into the actual city, um, and we couldn't find, like, where to pay to get our ticket. It was really not very clear, and this guy got out of his truck, walked all the way across the parking lot, saw us. He's like, hey, do you need help, and told us how oh everything gosh. worked. I mean, so friendly. and That's amazing. Yeah, it just – which was good because this was right after my kids had an epic meltdown, and <laughs> we were tired and hungry. So the friendliness of everyone was so just – incredible, particularly that first day when we were just feeling so overwhelmed by the newness and just our lack of car, phone, money. I mean, we were just, we felt so all of a sudden helpless and lost, which... Yeah. Oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a huge long flight and then all these changes. And then, like you said, no phone, no car. Like we went to Canada on Real Food Road Trip. We went to Vancouver. We were staying in northern Washington. And we went in and we even, I mean, we had our car. We had our dogs with us. We, um, you know, we had our phones, but we turned them off. And just not having, like, the connection to, like, do our GPS and, like, look up restaurants and where to go, I felt, like, so lost. And then, you know, the money was different. Everything was a little bit different. And I was just like, whoa. So I can't imagine being all the way over there and with little ones. It's, that's a lot. It was a lot. And it made me realize that, you know, I take my hat off to those true world travelers who do this all the time and go places where they speak different language and all of that because it's very, you know, my brain was working. I was just mentally exhausted because everything mm-hmm. was so new. You just feel your brain working so much harder because your routine was gone, your expectations were gone. And, you know, even when they spoke, even though they spoke English, everyone has this accent, but then you realize, no way, I'm the one with the accent. They're all mm-hmm. speaking normal and... <laughs> I'm the weird one out. <laughs> I'm, I'm the odd one here. Yeah, that's one thing I was really grateful for when we were in Vancouver. I'm like, I can't even imagine if we were somewhere else, you know, in the middle of Asia or even in Europe in places and, and not speaking the language, you know, that would be this whole other level. Yeah, I, yeah. I have a major kudos to those who 
do that on a daily basis because I'm kind of a homebody. I like to, I love routine. I love it. So this was a big deal for me, but I also realize it's not that big of a deal for a lot of people who had to move to a very, very different culture. Cause for the most part, a lot of days you even forget, you think mm-hmm. I'm like, sure. I can just go visit my family. They can't be that far away. Right. Like you forget how right. far away you Halfway are because, around the world. <laughs> yeah. Cause for the most part, especially now that we have a sense of where the food, you know, how, how to get food and, we have a car, we have phones, we, we know people now that you you just kind of get back into the routine of life and it's sometimes easy to re- forget that you aren't near your home and that you're not, you know, you're a good day's travel by plane to anyone you really know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I mean, that's even when Matt and I have been on Real Food Road Trip, like we've totally experienced that. And people have asked me sometimes as I'm talking to them or or whatever, they're like, okay, where are you now in the country? And I have to like stop and think. I'm like, where am I? Am I in Colorado? <laughs> am I in California? I don't know. Because, like, you know, our motorhome is home, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's always the same bed. It's the same, you know, kitchen, all of that. So it feels like our normal routine. Um, right. It's just when we go outside, you know, and we go, like, nights, weekends, afternoons, whatever, to go explore, there's different stuff to see. And so then I kind of remember, but day to day, you know, kind of the same like I'm just living life and paying bills and doing work and you know the same stuff yeah you know you still have kids that get sick and days that you don't want to do anything and yeah so it's it's still just life as usual but every now and then you think wait a minute I am in New Zealand and (laughs) this is really cool that's amazing and uh, you know like I said the picture's been so amazing like I know that you've been just having a lovely time exploring. And, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about, like, kind of why you picked New Zealand, like how this even came about. Because, like you said, you're self-employed. It wasn't like, hey, we got to move for work. Yeah, it was, you know, so when the new year started in January, we were living in a rental home in um, a little valley called, well, it's Ogden Valley. The city was Eden, and this is in Utah. Mm-hmm. And most people don't eat, in Utah don't even know where that is. It's teeny tiny you know they have a little tiny market and then most of the time you have to drive 30 minutes through a canyon to get to Ogden which is the nearest city you know major city and we we had been there for a year and we loved it it was peaceful it's beautiful it's so green oh Utah's so pretty yeah well and this little valley compared to you know Utah's kind of a desert and dry and this little valley was just so green and we loved it but and so in January, we, we firmly declared, it's like, we are not moving this year because we had moved the year before and the year before that. And we just wanted to, you know, just be settled for a while. So that was our decision. And then the next month, I don't even remember what <laughs> happened. It was so out of the blue. We were having some discussion about, I mean, I think it was actually related something to real food and the food system. Something had happened, you know, in the news that just made me upset again about Mm-hmm. food and I just remember kind of in a hurry I was walking out the door and I just said to my husband I'm like if things get bad we're going to move to New Zealand and I said it mostly as a joke just you know kind of whatever but for some reason it stuck and then we started thinking about it more and it really had nothing to do with that original kind of comment right but it just it stayed with us for the first time in a real way not in a like ooh, that'd be so cool and let's go live on the beach and live like millionaires but we started really researching the schools and the communities and just, you know, their approach to food. And there was just a lot of things that really appealed to us. And 
I think mostly it just felt really good. Like when we talked mm-hmm. about it, we were just excited. We were happy. And I had one friend living in Auckland. She'd been there for about three years. Her husband okay. works there. And we went to college together. We went to grad school together. I worked with her dad as a we were professors at the same university. So like I know her and her family pretty well. So I called her up and I'm like, so give me give me the dirt. You know, like yeah, what's I need it really food. like because what's good, what's bad? And we talked for an hour and I was just so excited. And we're like, let's do this. And we said we're gonna do it. And then we started thinking about we had just bought a bunch of video equipment because we were going to start um, doing more videos for the blog. Mm-hmm. We had just kind of outfitted this whole extra room we had in our house to this, made it this video set. We started oh. thinking about our kids being far away from their family and their friends. And we just started thinking about everything and it got very overwhelming really fast. And we yeah. thought, this is ridiculous. Like, you don't just sell your stuff and move to New Zealand because why not? Right. So we're adults here. That's why, right. Why like why this is not that? a smart thing to do. Like just, you know, we're not, we're in our 30s. We have kids. This is not, you know, the time to just go gallivanting into the world. And so we decided not to go. And for the next three days, we were just so unhappy and we just were bickering more and our house was contentious. I mean, even our kids were really young. They just were ornery. I mean, like, I don't know, there's just this vibe in our house of, this is not good. And we, we recognized it and we said, okay, well, we felt really good when we talked about going to New Zealand. So let's just do it. Let's, you know, why not? Our kids aren't in school yet. We, it's just, yes, we'll have to sell all of this equipment and all this stuff. And we probably won't make our money back all the way, but it's just money and let's do it. And the second we made the decision, everything felt good again. Everything fell into place. Like selling our stuff was so easy and liberating. It was actually wow. really fun. And isn't that like the best thing? It is. Oh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's not as fun having to buy it all back in a new country. No. Everything's twice as much money. But <laughs> yeah, I, I can only imagine that. <laughs> you, you learn to be like, I don't really need that. I don't really. Yeah. Right. Need that. We can live. Do I really need a couch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we've learned to live on less, which is a good thing, I think, ultimately. But yeah, everything just fell into place. And even once we got here, um, finding a home, like and we picked the area, um, the Bay of Plenty. We picked the city, kind of the Taronga area, Papamoa, which we, we knew nothing about it. We didn't know anyone who lived here. We had no clue why. <clears throat> but as soon as we made the decision, like, yeah, that's that's the area we think we want to go find a house. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden, we started meeting people who were from that area in Eden, oh, wow. Eden, Utah, like where nobody lives. We met Kiwis from that area, and then we met another. Seriously? Yeah, and we met another family at the post wow. office. My daughter was four, and she loved telling people we were moving to New Zealand. And she walked into the post office one day, and there was a boy there who's like ten, and she's like, "My name's Cammy. We're moving to New Zealand." And he's like, "My name's Dylan. We're moving too." <laughs> and we're like, "What?" And as it turns out, they literally live about ten minutes away from us now. No way. So just all these kind of functions. That's wild. Just fell into place. and I love that. That's how you know you're on the right track, right? Yeah. Well, and even the house we found just came together so fast. And it was only after the fact we were signing the contract and the realtor was like, oh, you guys are meant to be here. This all came together so fast. And we realize now there's a huge rental crisis in the area we're in. There's so many people moving here, apparently, and no, oh, wow. not enough houses. So everything's just really fallen into place. and. We love it. So who knows how long we can or able to stay, but I, 
I hope for a while because it just feels like home. That's amazing. And, like, you have to do, like, see, I don't know any of the stuff. So you have to do, like, visas? You go on a visa? Yeah, so we got a visitor visa. Um, Technically, I think U.S. citizens can come in for, I want to say, three or six months. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Out of visa, and you can just, like, get the visitor visa there, you know, when you first arrive. Um, But we knew we wanted to stay longer to that, so we applied for an extended visa for nine months. with the hope that we could extend it for a year, which they say Mm -hmm. we can. But that's kind of the limit is the the year. And so um, we're looking at our options, you know, looking at the different types of visas that we can do. And we're just in that process. And I have, you know, a good stack of paperwork and all sorts of fun, you know, regulation stuff that you get to go through. So not the funnest part. (laughs) <laughs> but when I get stressed about it, I just walk to the beach and right myself. and realize you're not at your deadline. That's so right. this is worth it. Let's go. Exactly. Well, and like you said, like things before just came together and I'm sure like it'll just come together this time because, you know, when, when we kind of set our intention that way, it all kind of falls into place. Yeah. Yeah. So like meeting people from New Zealand in the middle of Utah. It's, it was so <laughs> random. It just kept. That is really <laughs> wild. <laughs> Well, I mean, I know that you talked about, like, the food there. Like, you know, they don't grow GMOs. Like, how has it been, like, finding all your sources? And, you know, I mean, I know that's so crazy for us. Like, as we go from city to city, like, you know, I mean, usually we can find a Whole Foods or we can find, like, a little health food store. And then, you know, we kind of, like, find the local brands there. And if we're going to be in town for, you know, two to four weeks, we'll go to the farm or check it out or whatever, but when you're in a whole new country, I mean, it's not like you're like, oh, I'm going to Whole Foods down the road. Yeah, that was definitely the hardest part. Um, I think I even took for granted how much, like, the organic movement has moved into mainstream that, um, you know, some of my, the grocery stores we would go to in Utah were, you know, because the Whole Foods wasn't close to us in Eden or even Mm -hmm. in Ogden, but, you know, even going to one of the chains, you know, kind of just the main chains there, you know, a lot of them have organic sections, at least. So you can at least do your best in those stores. And, you know, the, a lot of the grocery stores here um, have a, a limited selection. I think when we were first in Auckland for the first week, they had more, which, again, bigger city, kind of that mm-hmm. mentality where it's growing. Here where we're at, um, it's a little bit harder, but I have been able to find um, a great health food store that has a lot of, you know, the stuff that us traditional foodies love, you know, the coconut mm-hmm. oil and, you know, your raw apple cider vinegar and all that stuff. So we've been able to find that, which was good. Certain things we've had to let go, like maple syrup is a very rare treat because it's oh, really? so expensive. Oh, interesting. <laughs> like a little small, oh, it's probably like only eight ounces of the grade B organic maple syrup. It was like $46. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, oh, well. I think we'll be okay without maple syrup for a while. and <laughs> I'll find something we'll else find to cook something with. Else, yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, embracing what they do have here. They have a mm-hmm. lot of great dairy. We found a lot of places um, where we found organic raw milk really close, nice. closer than I've ever had it, which was really nice. And that's just lovely. out of the blue, I happened to be at that organic store. I'm like, do you by chance? Like, you never know when you ask someone that question about raw milk. Right. Like, they're going to look at you like you're crazy and, and, you know, I just took a chance, like, do you by chance know where I could get some raw milk? And she's like, oh, we actually have a delivery here every Tuesday. And 
She's like, isn't it great? We love it. That's what we all grew up on. And I was like, ah. So grass-fed meats have been pretty easy to find. There's lots of fresh fruit and lots of kiwi fruit. And you have to be careful to call it kiwi fruit because you don't want to eat the kiwi people. So <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> the first time it's like, hey, you want some kiwis? We're going to eat some kiwis tonight. And I think my little, like, my friend, yeah, my daughter had her friend over and she had this look on her face like, what? Um, so, yeah, I think it's been a lot easier than I, I thought it would be. And just being willing to give some things up, you know, the things that I found really easily in Utah may not be here, but there's other things here that I would have died for in Utah that, mm-hmm. you know, is a lot more accessible. So it's been fun to say the least. I think the most frustrating thing about food is we, you know, we love, especially since both my husband and I work from home, we love it to go out to eat on, you know, at nights sometimes like uh-huh. to find and finding one restaurants that are open. They're really big on cafes here. So a lot of it's, okay. you know, lunch and brunch apparently is really big, but a lot of them close at night. So having to kind of change that, <laughs> Like, okay, let's go out for lunch. Let's go do that instead. And it gets really quiet at night around 630. Everyone just kind of goes back into home, and which I love because, like I said, I'm, I'm a grandma. I'd go to bed at 730 <laughs> if my kids would let me. So Kind of a, yeah, they go back in and kind of make their, make their little nest at home. Yeah. So. That's so interesting to hear about the differences because I was talking to a friend in Spain and um, Ariana from Here We Are, and Here We Are, and it was like, amazing because you know a lot of times they're going out to dinner and they're they're going in at nine o'clock in the evening to the restaurants and they're like the only people there yet um people are you know much much later there and then yeah to hear there that the the brunch and lunch scene is big and that's like hard to find a lot of places um as we go around you know we've been looking sometimes for good especially like farm to table places or like you know places that have real food for lunch is so hard to find yeah so, yeah, isn't that interesting? So you've kind of had to change your schedule a little bit, like, okay, we'll take the midday and go do stuff and then maybe work a little bit more at night. Yeah, and just, you know, be okay with that and, and finding ways to still get out of the house, even if it's not what we're used to. Because there are things open at night, but a lot of it is unfortunate that there's still a few of the U.S. chains. I'm always sad when I see here. I'm like, why are you I here? Know. You know, McDonald's and yeah. Subway and KFC are the, the three that I see everywhere and – Wow. That's so surprising. Like you wouldn't think, but I mean, I know McDonald's was everywhere, but you know, I would be really shocked to see the KFC and all of that. And I mean, even when we went into Canada and we were in Victoria and I'm just looking and I'm like, why are you here? Go away. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) You're ruining everything. Um, But yeah, no, I really like that, you know, you've embraced kind of that local, food and the local flavor and like all of that, because I mean, it really is about kind of getting into the differences and like embracing what's so special about that place. Yeah. It's been been really fun. And I know that you said for the kiddos, like it was really important to you. Um, I, it was their education approach that was really appealing or. Yeah. Well, I think my husband and I were coming to terms with our ideals and our reality um, we had always talked about homeschooling um, that just seemed really exciting to us and something we wanted to do. And yet, as we got closer to approaching, you know, my daughters will be five in March and kind of approaching that age, the more we started realizing 
one, we both have a tendency, my husband and I, to get really sucked into our work. Like we love what we do and we love that. And sometimes it means we are not giving our children the kind of attention they deserve. And, you know, I have to be really mindful of that. And also our daughter particularly, she is so social. Like she loves, we signed up for a little preschool that was just two days a week at a, a friend's house in Eden. And she loved it. I mean, it just every day she came home and she was so excited and she loved the friends she was meeting. So we were really torn because we weren't thrilled with, um, I mean, and I don't know why. I loved my school experience. I I went through public school and, you know, all the way to grad school and I, I loved it. But something about, I don't know, I just, we weren't really thrilled and it just didn't feel like a great fit for our kids. Mm-hmm. Well, and things have changed. Things have changed a lot. Things have changed so much since we've been in school. Yeah, and so just kind of trying to figure out, well, what's going to be best for everyone? And when we came to New Zealand, so our the first two or three weeks, it was just madness, you know, finding cars and phones and beds and dishes <laughs> and just trying to survive and feeling bad for our children as they have to go along for all of these really boring experiences. <laughs> and then... There came a time, it was probably about three weeks into it, where we finally had, you know, the essentials and we felt like we'd spent so much money that we're like, we're not buying anything else ever again in our lives. I cannot yes, shop anymore. We are done. And, and I remember waking up that weekend and we didn't have, you know, anything really to do because we were done with all of our errands and our shopping and, and just all of a sudden, that's when it hit me that I was like, I don't know anyone here. And we still didn't have internet, which as a blogger... <laughs> was right. like oh and we weren't gonna have it for another six weeks so that was great oh my goodness yeah it was fun um but <laughs> I bet I, it sounds I, like I a blast that out of my head it doesn't exist anymore <laughs> but that was that moment I sat there and it like I was just so incredibly homesick it was the very first time it took that long for me to realize I can't just go visit my mom or my sisters or my friends we have no one here. If something happened to us, no one would even know if we were dead. Our, you know, our neighbors wouldn't right. think to come look for us because they don't know who we are. And just feeling really kind of a little down and wondering, like, oh, did we make the right decision? This was, what are we? This was so dumb. Why did we do this? And that happened to be the day that we were planning on taking um, our kids to visit one of the kind of early childhood education centers they have, or kindies as they call them. Um, so cute. and so we, we took him to visit this and it was just down the street. I mean, it's like a five minute walk with little kids. So it's really not that far. And, and it was just so magical. Like we walked in and the teachers were just so happy and their whole philosophy about child led learning and that it should be all based around play and what the child wants to do. And I mean, just everything they said, it was like this, you know, I felt like the Grinch where my heart was just growing a size every <laughs> sentence. And it was like, we are in the wow. right place. This is why we're supposed to be here. This is what we want. And we're just, I love, I mean, particularly their, their early childhood education is just, I love it. It's so fantastic. And I just feel like our kids are getting so many enriching experiences and they have like, some of the, th- you know, all the things that they have at the school, they're playing with, I mean, sometimes, I mean, some of the things you do make you think a little bit, particularly if you're from the States where we're so mm-hmm. protective about safety issues, because you go there and it's like, oh, here, children, here's a saw and some nails and hammers. 
have had it. And, you know, these are like two to four year olds. And, you know, their playgrounds are insane. And, but they really just build this confidence in their kids that is absolutely astounding. And it was actually one of the things before we even talked about moving to New Zealand, my husband took the kids to a park in Eden um, not long after we moved there. And he happened to run into a Kiwi family. And he's, he came home and told me, he's like, their children were like our children's age, but they could climb and do things that we would never let our kids do here. You know, it was just, yeah. he's like, it was terrifying, but it was also really cool because they just were so confident and, and seeing how they approached their children in general, they, they really treat them like little adults, you know, and give them right. like the people. actual people that can have feelings and want to do things. And they, they really encourage that. And they're not, you know, they're not worried about the kids making noises at the restaurants or they, they really let them into the community. And we, we've just really loved that aspect. That's amazing. I mean, I know so many parents here that feel like that's so important and that we've gotten so far away from that as a culture and that, you know, I mean, that's like kind of the way things should be. And so there's so many parents that are trying really hard to create that here, but it's really so against the stream, so against the tide. It's like really hard to find. And it's so I can only imagine how refreshing that would have been and how you would have just been validated like, yes, this feels so right. Yeah, it really, it's what we needed that day because, and it's the only time, it was just probably for that, it was probably like a two-hour time frame where I'm just thinking, we are so dumb. Why did we do this? Right, right. Well, everybody has that anytime they make a big decision and and you guys took a massive leap. I mean, it's really inspiring and really exciting. Um, And I think sharing the full experience of, you know, it's not always, you know, peachy keen. There's times when it was like, ooh, this is a little scary. Or, you know, I was I was even I think it was a couple days ago, you shared that experience about that first day where um, you guys got there and you didn't have any food and the kids are hungry and they're having a meltdown. And you like went on this search for food. It was the most epic meltdown I've ever (laughs) experienced. And that's saying something because my kids are pretty good at at meltdowns. But yeah, we had got off the plane. It had been probably six or more hours since our kids last ate and they didn't eat much because they're very, very picky eaters. And that was another thing about New Zealand, like the, the food on the plane, like it was actually like, here's some grilled fish. And it was a lot, you know, like they didn't, it wasn't. Wow. Wasn't the typical like, oh, you're a kid, so here's some gross mac and cheese, or yeah, um, so which was great, except for my kids were a little bit freaked out by all of that and <laughs> didn't eat it. So when we got when we finally got to our first little holiday home that we were staying in for the first few days, and both my kids woke up and they just went ballistic, just screaming for food, and they were tired, and I was tired and wanted to shower, and so we're like, well, we got to find food. We had nothing with us, like nothing. We didn't even think to like stop and be like, Hey, let's get some snacks while we can at the airport. Or we just, mm-hmm. we just wanted out. Well, you think yeah. there's going to be food there. Yeah. So there, yeah, there was just nothing there. Um, and so we each grabbed a child as they're screaming off, just <laughs> having lots of fun. It was great. And we, started walking. Sounds like a really good yeah, time. Yeah, we just started walking because we had no clue where we were. We didn't have phones. Like, like I said, I had one friend in New Zealand and we were close to her. As it turns out, we were actually like 
probably a 10 minute walk away from our house, but we didn't know that. Oh, really? Oh, no. Because we had, again, we had no navigation because we didn't have phones and she was working yeah. anyway, so she wasn't available till later that night. But so, yeah, we just had to pick our kids up and walk and we just kept picking like, oh, should we go left or right? Uh, let's try left. And finally ran into um, a man who was walking his dog and pointed us down the road saying, hey, there's a McDonald's about 10 minutes that way. And just that moment of like, <laughs> I need food so desperately, but really McDonald's, like that's what, that's yeah. going to be my first meal in New Zealand. This is why I left America. You're like weighing the options. You're like, it's like the angel and the devil, yeah. right? You're like, I don't know what to do. And you know, <laughs> like usually your kids went out, they're screaming and you just need it to stop. So you're like, fine, let's right. go to McDonald's. Um, we actually ended up at a bakery next door who had some donuts and that is a magical word to my kids. It, it just lights their face up and it's like, like you would never know that they were just screaming for like an hour straight. It was like donuts. Yay. Yeah. Suddenly. Yeah. So the clouds part and the rainbow comes out. It was, it was one of those meals that you're just like so happy to be eating it at the same time. Just like, this is not satisfying or nourishing. So you got to miss McDonald's. We missed McDonald's <laughs> and we were able to I went for donuts. support a, a local bakery. So that was at least nice. some good news. And yeah, right. donuts and orange juice. It was the most epic real food <laughs> meal experience ever. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, that's real life. That is real life. Sometimes crazy things happen. And, you know, after that, you guys were able to kind of get a hold on it and yeah, it was, go get some snacks. It was a and... slow process. I mean, that night I think we had Pizza Hut for dinner because, yeah. again, by the time we got home and we'd been on so many walks trying to – I think that was the day we went to the ferry to get to Auckland to get phones so we could oh my call gosh. our friend. And by the time we got home from dinner, it was like, oh, man, we're at, we have this food issue again. Like, we just kept forgetting about it. Right. And it was like, well. Why do you have to eat I again? I know. <laughs> and it's like, there's no way our kids are going to go for another, you know, 20-minute hike. So luckily we had internet at that place. And I was like, there's got to be some place that will deliver. And the only thing I could find was the Pizza Hut. And I was just like. Oh my gosh. I just told myself this day does not exist. Right. Eat no, it that's when... and we'll start over tomorrow. <laughs> but Well, and the good news is is that probably the ingredients were actually better there. It's true. Than so... they would be anywhere. I mean, I know I was talking to a friend recently who was in France and she went into a McDonald's there not to eat, but for some other reason. it was like attached to a, a convenience store or something. But anyway, she went in and she said you just wouldn't believe the difference of what's on the menu. She was like, it's not the same yeah. place at all. She's like, I don't know why they can't do that in the States or they won't do that in the States. Cause of course they can, yeah. uh, they won't. And so she was like, it was just very different. So I can only imagine um, that it, that it might be quite a bit better. Certainly not something we want to eat every day, but, yeah, but probably, probably quite a bit better. Not as bad, that's for sure. Right. And they don't even, I mean, I don't think they do GMOs in New Zealand. Do they, they? don't grow them. So I okay. think, but you could still, like, if some of their imp, uh, imports came in that had GMOs, okay. you could still be um, consuming them in that way, I believe, yeah. from my understanding. Yeah. So, but most of the time we don't eat that kind of stuff anyway, so no. we feel um, safer in that sense. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What, a, what an adventure. But you know what? It's like, <laughs> I mean, we've had those kind of, like, horror stories on our trip, and it's been like you know, oh my gosh, you know, what were we thinking? And, you know, I just wish we were back at the farm and I could just sink into the big, huge bathtub and like float around. And then it's like, 
yeah, but I mean, think of all the stuff I've seen and all we get to do and like, you know, it quickly turns around. Um, but there are those moments where you kind of freak out because again, it's outside of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. But, and I think, you know, I think it's so important to have those moments as much as I hate them. And like say, I'm a woman of routine. So, um, but those, those times, like those first few weeks, we ate more convenient food than I ever want to remember. And, we're so tired, but it was a good reminder, one, that that's some people's reality every day, you know, yeah. whether by choice or just because they don't know any better or because that's all they have access to. And, and, and just, you know, it also it pushes your brain in a different way and it allows you to open up for new ideas and new, new possibilities. So as much as I hate those moments where I'm, I just feel my brain so stretched by all the newness and the change and mm-hmm. the unfamiliar, you know, I know that's ultimately what makes us better and makes us stronger people. So I try to do it more often. I probably should do it more often than I do, but we're working on it. We moved to New Zealand. That was a yeah. big one, right? <laughs> there you go. That's a huge one. It's a huge one. And I do, I think it's really inspirational for people because it doesn't matter. You don't have to have a big move um, in your life to like to go outside the comfort zone, to stretch the limits, like just any big thing or really not even big, but just saying yes to something that you wouldn't have before, just some kind of step in that direction um, to take you outside of your comfort zone. And I think it's, it's massive. Um, but being able to listen to your gut, being able to take a chance. I mean, there's a lot in there. Definitely. And, and I think, you know, it reminds me so much of when I actually started my journey with real food because I grew up mm-hmm. on such a standard American diet. It was, you know, my parents did the best they could, but it was, you know, they we, we all bought into the diet mentality, low fat, you know, oh, well, if it says it's healthy, it must be healthy, even though it's a highly right. processed bar of some kind or whatever yeah. it is. So um, the first time, you know, I really, I mean, just even walking, I remember to the first health food store and just walking around the organic food section thinking, people are going to know I don't belong here. I feel so odd. I feel out of place and, you know, taking up to buy it. I mean, I just remember it was, it felt very foreign to me, you know, and cooking yeah. it and, and eating it. And, um, but it was also really exciting and, you know, to approach it like a new country, you know, everyone gets excited about traveling to a place and seeing new things. Um, but we sometimes hate the idea of changing, you know, our diet or our exercise or whatever it is. And, and finding that, you know, looking at it as approach, like, I'm just going to approach this like a tourist. You know, this is a new experience, a new chance to try something that I may love and that may transform my life. And, right. and so in, in a way that, that moved to New Zealand really reminded me of that, that major change in my life when we embraced real food and embraced a whole different approach to, to healthy living that, you know, I just am so grateful for because it's given us so much. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's amazing. And, you know, I can totally identify with that. I think that's a great point. Um, you know, because it is a whole new adventure. And for some people, I mean, I kind of grew up, you know, the same way that, you know, I remember buying snack wells, like low fat cookies. And it was like, oh, well, you can have more because it's low fat. And I mean, I remember zap frying um, lean cuisines in the microwave, like all that kind of stuff. Um, that that was just the norm, you know, or run through the drive-thru for dinner or whatever. I mean, it was so ingrained um, that it was really such a different thing to 
um, try this new thing, this new real food thing. And it was like, okay, I'm going to be doing what and cooking from scratch and what do I even make and what's healthy and what's not. And it kind of is a brain bender, especially, you know, so many of us that, you know, went through the 90s with the whole low fat, no fat, you know, fat phobic thing. Yeah. Um, you know, then to be buying butter and lard and like these things, it's like, what? <laughs> lard is what not a healthy food. What am I doing? Yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, it even has less saturated fat than butter. And we know that saturated fat isn't even the bad fat. Yeah. So all of that's been turned on its head. But it's just like amazing to see how all of it changes and all the new, you know, it's like learning what's the new breakfast? What's the new lunch? What's the new dinner? What do we do about snacks? What do we do about social events? I mean, there's a lot there. Yeah. I mean, cause food is, I mean, three times a day at least, right? Well, there's so much culture and, you know, entertainment from families to friends. I mean, how we, we, we just live around food. It's not just about nourishment. Mm -hmm. It's so much about, right. You know, how we interact with our world and others. Yeah. So true. So true. And so that all changes. So, I mean, that's very true that that can be a huge way for people to kind of stretch a little bit more and, and learn and understand it's not always going to be an easy pleasure cruise. There's going to be times where you go, you know what, it would really just be easier to run through the drive through right now. And you have to make that choice and go, okay, I could do that. But is that getting me closer to my goals or is that getting me further away? Is that going to make me feel sick for a week? You know, and if you still make that decision and you run through the drive-thru, then you run through the drive-thru. And then next time, you make a different choice. Yeah. But, yeah, it's real life, right? But um, I think knowing, like, where your line is, where your personal line is. Like, for me, I was so sick, I would have done anything right. to get better. You know, so it really wasn't an option. There were times I was like, well, I'd rather just not eat. Right, right. <laughs> this time, then. <laughs> I'm just going to skip food today. <laughs> Today, yeah, <laughs> at least for this meal, because yeah. I just can't deal with it. And so, you know, yeah, you have to kind of learn all that stuff. So um, what really brought you to Real Food? How did you even start down that path? Well, I think I've always been interested in health. Um, you know, I was a dancer growing up, and I was teaching dance at a university before I quit, um, just before we started our family. And so I've always been interested in health, but like you said, so much of it was kind of driven by what, you know, the standard American diet told us healthy was. So mm -hmm. not really healthy at all. And it wasn't, I don't know, it was just a little before we were thinking of starting our family. And I just started thinking about um, pregnancy and having to like grow a person that I, mm -hmm. I thought, you know what, maybe it's time to really think about this differently. And I just knew I needed to make some changes that I just... I didn't feel super unhealthy. I wasn't really sick, but I also knew that I wasn't really healthy. I always struggled with things like acne and low energy, and I always had just kind of some stubborn weight, nothing horrible, but for someone who danced eight hours a day, I just thought, this isn't making sense. Right. So um, I got my hand on some books, and there was one that just in this little section, it wasn't the whole focus by any means, but just talked about Weston A. Price, and, and that got me curious, and then you know, just kind of sent me down this rabbit hole that led me to, you know, just fat, delicious, yummy fat and 
you know, real food. <laughs> and that it's not the enemy. It's not the enemy. And just for me, it was such a, a no brainer, you know, basically like find food that's as close to its natural form as possible and eat it. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you don't recognize it, if you can't read the ingredients, don't eat it. And just, I slowly started introducing that into my life. And I just noticed such a huge change in my energy and how I felt. And I like just shed weight. Um, that was obviously before I had kids because, you know, now my hormones are still struggling. <laughs> so that's a whole different story. But at the time it was really exciting and I just felt so different. And every change was just more confirmation that was like, Oh, this is the way our bodies were designed to, to have food and to eat and be nourished. So it was a gradual, right. gradual change, but also pretty rapid. And by the time I, I was pregnant, I was in a very different spot and it was the most beautiful pregnancy that was just super easy, bounced back really fast. The labor was slightly horrific, but the pregnancy was good. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, what a gift to give your children because, you know, I mean, that's what I'm so passionate about in my nutritional therapy work is working with people before they get pregnant, before they start a family because you can really make such a massive change and let your little ones start out with such a head start. Um, I mean, it's not that you can't come in after the fact and change their health. You absolutely can. But how great to be able to have the choice to change beforehand so that you don't have to deal with a sick little one or, you know, making those changes while you're, you know, you've got a newborn. Yeah, definitely. And, and our first, she's, she has a great immune system. She's super healthy. And with our second, I was still eating far better than I ever was before. Um, I was, you know, before our first child, but by then I was working my own business and a lot more stressed. And so, you know, that second round, that pregnancy was not very fun. It was grumpy and I was just ornery the whole time. <laughs> um, but the labor was... Well, you were chasing a toddler around, right, too. That's right, yeah, on top of it. But the actual uh, birth was great compared to the first one. Oh, uh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so there's that. But it, it was a good reminder that, like, you know, food is so important, but then also taking care of my sleep and my stress, um, you know, those were two things that were easy to take care of. They were kind of, you know, the default when you don't have little kids. But then after the first one, it just... It reminded me, okay, this is a whole package thing, and it's about finding that balance. And it means some days, if your stress is so bad that you have to go and get a donut because your kids are going to kill you <laughs> on your first trip to New Zealand, you know what? That may be the healthiest choice you can make right there. Right, because it puts something in your body That's right, right. there. <laughs> well, it's true because it is it is on all levels, and like in our practice, we talk about the essential elements of whole health, and so we have these six elements, and it's like a balance of those elements, and real food is only one of the elements, yeah. and so it really is a very holistic thing. Like it takes all these different moving pieces, um, and I know like just from following you and following your blog, like after you kind of changed your diet and kind of got a handle on sleep and stress and those kind of things, you guys also changed a lot of your um, personal care products and household cleaning products and stuff like that over to natural options. Yes, definitely. That yeah. was that was a huge one too. I never realized how sensitive I was to that um, until they were gone. And then yeah. walking through, you know, a mall past a oh bath and body works, I like literally get nauseous. And I think, man, I used to love these stores and 
my body is highly rejecting it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Like I was definitely like the teenager buying all the I had every scent of all the different Bath and Body Works lotions. I had the small ones to carry in my purse. Like everybody always knew like I was going to have that because I just loved them. You know, I love the smells. And of course now I do that with essential oils, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. I love all my... <laughs> and it's healthy as opposed to then it was really causing a lot of issues that I didn't even relate like, oh, this is related to, you know, lotion. Yeah. You know, um, it's amazing. And I think once you do start cleaning it out and, and isn't it amazing how, number one, little you need? Like, I mean, you don't need to have, like, every cleaner under the sun. bottles on your bathroom right. counter. Yeah, no. It's so different. And even with, um, like, cosmetics and things like that, it's simplified, at least for me, like, so much. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I, most days, it's very rare that I even put makeup on because I just think, you know what? That stuff aggravates my skin more than anything. And it costs me a lot of money and it takes a lot of time. Why am I putting this on my face? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. When I'm at home, I mean, because we work at home too. So it's like, I don't really worry about it. But when we're going to go out, I do put it on. I'm a, I'm a Texas Southern girl. So that was kind of, (laughs) we didn't even go to the mailbox without full makeup on, you know, like that's just such a thing. Um, so I do, but you know, like I was really careful to go through my my makeup bag, and I was actually really surprised when um, I started looking at everything that was in there. And um, like I did the Skin Deep database, and I looked up, yeah, my mascara was a ten, oh, a ten, scary. and yeah, so scary. And I'm like, why? Like, what the heck is in here? And so um, you know, now mine's like a zero. It's yeah. like nothing, and. Um, you can do that with like everything. I, I decided personally I wasn't going to use anything over a four. And so most of my stuff is a zero to two. Um, but, you know, some of the like uh, colors, like the different eyeshadows or different whatever um, might go up to a four. And I don't wear those very often either. But I know you even do some of like homemade stuff, right? Like homemade blush. and Yeah. And there seems... That's there cool. seems to be a lot of people who love um, to make their own, and it's it's mm-hmm. it's fun to see just how simple it is. And you know, I think what's really great is we live in a world now, as much as we mess it up with all of our toxins, there are so many options for non-toxic things now. For yeah, you know, whether you want to color your hair or you know, you love because there's some people who just love makeup. I've always been like the laziest person on the planet, so <laughs> you know, if I have an excuse to not wear it, it's great. So it's it has to be a really special occasion for me, mostly right. out of pure laziness. But, you know, for some people who just love that and it's, you know, a part of their kind of creative outlet, that there are great options available today that, you know, aren't going to be ruining your insides or your outsides. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I just feel really fortunate that there's so many great companies popping up who who care about that and yes. care about their customers in that well, and with essential oils, you can make, like, anything. Like, I, I mean, maybe I, not blush and whatever, but all of your, like, personal care products, like, we do our own soap, and we do, you know, I mean, I'll take bronzers and mix all my essential oils in there, and, you know, I think I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was, like, I was trying to think, actually, what I don't use in essential oils with and in is easier than what I do, <laughs> because it's such a small list. Well, and it's just so fun, because it's not, like, it's not even just like, oh, well, it smells nice, but that they have right. actual, like, good properties that, exactly. you know, it's like, this is good for me, not just neutral for me. Yes. You 
Yeah, it's amazing. Like, I'm never without, like, my thieves oil in my purse, and I've always got valor, especially if I have to travel. And, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's really something. And, you know, I've actually been using essential oils for, like, I added it up the other day, and it kind of freaked me out how many years it had been. It's been, like, 18 years. Oh, um, Yeah, because as a teenager, I was using them. um, So you're ahead of the game, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I never really thought about it. It was just like I was a massage therapist right out of high school. And, um, you know, that was just something that was very normal for us to learn about and use. And I took all my aromatherapy classes and all that. So, you know, I mean, something as simple as like whipping up bath salts or whatever. It was like, oh, totally. Um, But really to get into the therapeutic use and emotional use the way that it can support your emotions and help clear old emotions and so cool yeah it's yeah I was like you mine was mostly started with like oh well this vinegar spray that I made for my kitchen is smells bad I'll just put some essential oils into it and Mm -hmm. it was a very kind of an easy replacement for fragrance you know fragrance and some of those artificial smells but the more I learned about them and realized it's like wow these are more than just a better alternative to fragrance like these are these are awesome you know they keep they promote good things in your body so yeah it's really and they help bring you back to balance and I think that's the biggest thing you know I mean supporting your natural immune function and all these other things it's like that's very important and um you know in a way that you know is um is very natural so I love that. And, you know, like with the smells, a lot of people think, oh, I'm so fragrance sensitive. And it's like, I haven't noticed that with essential oils at all. I, I mean, it's the artificial synthetic stuff that really bothers people and yeah. not usually this naturally derived. Yeah. Oh, I thing. totally agree. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a few essential oils out there that are not my favorite to smell, but on a, mm-hmm. but they don't, they don't give me the headache. They don't right. irritate me in the way that, you know, some fragrances that I used to love the smell of. So you know, that were created to be pleasing, but they just, yeah, they, they mess with my, my brain fast. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so bad for our liver. It's so bad for our liver. Like anytime I see fragrance on any kind of label, I'm like, nope, because, you know, I found out that that could be like 400 different chemicals um, and not really one of 400, but it could be up to oh, wow. a mix of 400 different chemicals just for the word fragrance. Yeah. Like, and I why? thought, well, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, why? Exactly why? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a huge change, but, you know, it's it's a learning process. And, you know, it's step by step. Like, I mean, I'm always working with my clients to, like, you know, help them clean out the fridge. And then we go and do the pantry. And then we go and change their cookware or whatever. And then, you know, we go to the bathroom and the, under the sink. And yeah, it's, it's a step-by-step thing. Yep. And just start with whatever one seems easiest is what I always, you know, when people ask me where to start, they're so overwhelmed. It's like, just start with one thing. You know, you don't have to do it yeah. all at once because every change you make is a positive change. And exactly, just take that first step. And then when that seems like a no-brainer, move on to the next one. Exactly. Well, actually, it was kind of funny because I was doing another podcast um, a couple weeks ago, and um, it was with Kath Gallant of Blue Moon Evolution, a farm-to-table restaurant in New England, and we were talking, and she said kind of the same thing, like change one thing, and I said, okay, boom, we're going to do it right now, hashtag change one thing, we're starting a movement (laughs) right this minute. I like it. Yeah, and so we're going to do that. So if you're listening, again, we're still doing hashtag change one 
thing. And we want you to connect with us online and tell us what you changed. What was the one thing that you changed today? And if you haven't done it today, pick something like anything, change your, you know, margarine out for your butter, go buy some coconut oil, cook something from scratch, throw away some kind of, you know, toxic cleaning product that you don't use. Dispose of it safely, please. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But just change one thing. And I guarantee you it's going to build. It's going to build everything. That's that's how I started is, you know, I started with one thing and I changed it until it felt natural and just keep adding more. And a year later you look back and it's like, my life is completely different. And the things that seem so hard at first are just second nature. And, you know, if you just focus on one thing at a time, it's not a big deal. But if you look at the end results at the beginning, you're going to be freaked out and you won't, you won't do it. So just change one thing. I love that hashtag. Awesome. Yeah, because it, it seriously is. It feels like a mountain. It feels like how could I change everything? And actually, that's that's even how our essential elements of whole health came about. Because we'd be working with our clients, and they go, "Okay, what do I need to do?" And like what I wanted to say is, "Well, we've got to change your whole life." <laughs> and you can't say that to someone nope. and, because they'll just like freak out and shut down. And I get it because I've been there. And so it was like, okay, how do we take this holistic lifestyle? And how do we break it down into move, you know, doable, actionable steps? And so we broke it down into these six categories. And then even within the categories, there's steps to take. So it really is all about, you know, incremental changes and letting it build upon each other. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being with us, Robin. I'm sorry that we've kept you from the beach today in New Zealand. (laughs) It's okay. It's kind of overcast today. Not a big deal. Oh, okay. Good. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. And I want to, I'm going to have on our show notes um, on realfoodwholehealth.com under podcasts, under episodes, you'll find the show notes for today's show. And we're going to have links to everything we talked about, links to Robin's website, her blog, her um, free 21-day Simply Healthy e-course. Again, that's free. Um, You can sign up and get that. And um, we're going to have links to your social media so they can keep in touch with um, all of these beautiful pictures that you're sending us from New Zealand. So definitely check that out. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Robin. I certainly appreciate it. Thanks so much. It was great. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us today. And please remember to leave us an iTunes review. Also, head over to our website at realfoodwholehealth.com and enter your email to receive free goodies, discounts, updates, and more. See you next time on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast.